Hello and welcome to Australian Transformers Weekly. We are your first choice for Transformers news in Australia. This is episode 113. We are recording live on June 30th, 2017. Momentous for being the end of the month that the last night was released in. And also for us Australians, the end of the financial year, which means um, generally a, a giant panic to get things done at work. Um, and some of us have only just gotten home since we do record at night. I'm Jason. Joining me this week, we have Mikey and Max. Say hello, Mikey and Max. Hello, Mikey, Mikey and Max. Ah, oh, how dare you. That's, that's good. Good. <laughs> uh, we have an extra... So we are, we're actually... We're Bradless this week, you might notice. Um, we Brad is in Melbourne preparing for Oz Comic Con. Uh, TCCA has a table at... Actually, I think we have more than a table. Um, like there's a... I've seen pictures of Simon Chambers with his glass display cabinet being set up and everything. It looks like it's going to be a good weekend at Oz Comic Con. So, uh, yeah, Brad has taken a leave pass. He's uh, in a hotel room somewhere in Melbourne with his family. And uh, so he's left the inmates to run the asylum, which means we've decided to bring in a special guest this week. Will Cook, say hello. Hello. I am replacing Brad for ever. No, 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 sorry. <laughs> Basically, um, thanks for having me, guys. Um, I've been around since uh, on the group for about a year. And it's been awesome. I liked it. And um, yeah, I guess thanks for having me. And all good. Excellent. So, Will, um, before look before we get before we get into it, uh, tell us a little bit about what you do. I'm an artist. Basically, I like to do um, I'm inspired artists. I hopefully in the future I would like to do animation and stuff. And I do cosplay as well. Mostly just Spider Man, but I will branch out to other stuff and do other stuff like whatever comes around. I, I think I did like a Power Ranger once and mostly Spider-Mans and mostly that's it. I uh, gave tips to Mike about doing a Black Mask cosplay. Mm -hmm. and, um, exactly. Um, so yeah, basically and been um, a fan for about 10 years. So yeah. He won a contest. Now this sounds oddly like you're a fan since the first movie came out. Yes, yeah. So yeah, more the one. I see. Yes, I'm the generation that was inspired by. Yeah, <laughs> I was adopted by the Michael Bay movie. Um, I was. Uh, should I talk about it or how I got into it? You, you, you may talk about it. This is all being recorded and going out to the podcast, so don't right. don't need to ask questions. You can just do it. All good. All good. Um, I was. I saw the first film when I was about seven, seven years old, and um, what happened? And when we first saw the trans first Transformers film, I guess I was I came a bit late. I went in when Bumblebee was chasing Sam, but I I, I stuck for that. And um, what really, yeah, when I really got into the trans, uh, what really happened was it was my first M film, so basically in America, M PG thirteen. It was. Just really like my first experience with like a whole big uh, movie event and how the special effects were. And then I first saw my first transformation of Barricade and I was like, I was freaked out and I was like jump scared and all that. But I was really intrigued. And then I was just like, wow, this is amazing. This is special effects and all that. And the law is really cool. And what really sold me on the, on, um, the film, like the franchise in general, like comics and stuff and shows and games were that. Autobots um, land on Earth, and when we see the Autobots still transform, especially Optimus Prime, I was in awe, and I was just 
amazed how it, it looked and I was I wanted to know more about everything law and I think um, the, the movies get a lot of flack and I understand it but for a new generation it brought, a, brought back the franchise more to life and without the, the, the film I wouldn't be in the franchise and that's really it uh, I was inspired cool, cool. so what, what kind of bots do you collect I'm uh, I'm mostly a chug guy so I love generations and stuff and all that um, have a few movie stuff. Uh, I'm, I'm, I, I do collect masterpieces, but only a select few, uh, only like a select and not like an entire collection. I do have a few master, uh, quite a few masterpieces, but um, just mostly the main lines and stuff and some. And I have um, my Transformers Prime collection, so that's just a side collection and stuff. And I used to collect animated, don't have any animated stuff anymore. Uh, Unicron trilogy stuff. Pretty, I don't, I don't have that anymore. I need like a few, but just the main stuff basically. So yeah. So, uh, so with the Unicron trilogy stuff, are you kicking yourself for getting rid of it since there's uh, a few things in the last night that might be, uh, might be bringing some of that stuff back? Mm, yeah, that you, you talk about the Cybertron, right? Um, Primus. Sure. Um, yeah. Um. I wasn't really, um, not really Mike big. Mike laughing because I'm trying to avoid spoilers, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> Should we just yeah. spoil it? I don't mind. Yeah, everyone uh, dies. Yeah, oh, I wish. <laughs> I wish. And then everyone uh, develops a French accent, and it's just yeah. going to be French. Bonjour, French from now on. little lady, no. <laughs> that, that, is, that, is, that is appropriate this month because Tour de France is on, and it could well have been a time. <laughs> they all turn into bikes. Yeah. Little lady, no. <laughs> uh talk a little bit about, about take your bots work day but i don't have max's photo up i'm so sorry max you are the winner this week uh it is a competition that we put on in the tcca discussion group every wednesday take your bot out put them in the real world and uh see see which photo is the most pop most popular um yeah max congratulations on winning this go. week but i don't have your photo to show unless you've uh max i've put it on my screen you put it, all right, let's 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 put let's put it up there and hang on a second. I voted for it. <laughs> Thank you, Mikey. Oh, I'll, I owe you a vote. Right. Well, I mean, I've already won. I've already won <laughs> one, so it doesn't really matter. I'll vote for the other. Mikey's winning. Yeah, that was sort of unexpected and cool. I win them all. He's he's just that good. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah. very clever. <laughs> Thanks. But, yeah, I just. Work at Coles, and part of my job is cleaning the bakery, which means <laughs> that I'm basically in there after hours, and no one's gonna give you a odd look for posing a transformer on the equipment. So there's little Beautiful. legend shockwave making some donuts. Beautiful, bake wave. Excellent. Yeah, yeah, is a is a little shockwave. It's okay. Yeah, you'll fall into the dough, and then you have little plastic pieces. It's like, what is this? It's like a shockwave hand, and, and a little kid would be choking. <laughs> Someone's like, eating a donut. There's just a shockwave hand. It's, oh, okay. it's a shock that's, dough. That's a thing. We're going to move swiftly on and get to the news. Straight into news. Hasbro news. That will take us into some news. What news comes from Vi Yonder? 
Yeah. It's Masterpiece News time. There seems to, be, seems to be a spate Ooh. of new Masterpieces being revealed in the last few weeks. We've had Sunstreaker. We have the uh, new version of Sideswipe with anime-correct colours that everyone groaned when it was revealed, the second plus Masterpiece. And this week we had the reveal of an interesting, an interesting new pack of... Uh, Masterpiece figures MP15 and 16E, which looks like it's going to be a combination pack with four cassettes in it. Um, yeah, interesting. So the the, the new cassettes are, are Stripes, Night Stalker, um, Enemy, and Wing Thing. Mm. Not characters I would have expected to be getting masterpiece treatment quite about now. Um, you can see the you can see the first main the first main photo up here, which. Uh, Shows that actually, I gotta say, it shows a, a rather attractive looking um, Rumble slash Frenzy uh, based mm-hmm. figure where they've actually given him splashes of blue and splashes of red. I, I, I quite like it. Um, there he is. I wanna, uh, you I, just, I just wanna say, Jason, um, when mm. you say, like, are you shocked by how it was coming out now and not when, like, it was new with the other cassette players? You know, Masterpiece has that kind of tendency. It's like, like, for example, with Sunstreaker, where it's like, why are you coming out now when Sideswipe came out, like, three or f- almost four years ago? Ages. So it's, it's always like, yeah, ages or something ago, right? So it's like, it's always inconsistent. Like, sometimes, like, oh, we're going to make a track for no reason. Oh, we're going to make this, but we're not going to put this specific, like, this character or whatever. It's all, it's all weird, like, how they present their masterpieces and stuff. It, it, is, it is pretty weird. If So... There's been a there's been a discussion the last few weeks about how um, we're rumored to be getting a, a blaster masterpiece, and the appearance of some cassettes with Autobot logos on them, without an Autobot masterpiece figure to pair them up with, would tend to lend a little bit of credence to that. But it still hasn't been revealed. And uh, the interesting I mean, thing about this, it also um, yeah. Night Stalker is just straight up a. a um, I feel it's them steel jewelry deco. So, and so in this case, you would actually call him a pre-mold. Mm. Yes. So, so it is, it is interesting that there are Autobot cassettes that are not. Um, what are they, what, what are Blaster's main cassettes? Steel horn, uh, steel jaw, ram horn, um, eject and rewind. Yep. So they, these guys are nowhere to be seen. So. That's what I mean when I say they're odd choices for for cassettes. The uh, the Decepticons are not not sort of uh, quite as well known either. So I, look, these are Takara Tomy Mall exclusives. Um, they do like to play around a little bit with some perhaps more obscure figures for their exclusives, but uh, well, they're they're quite nice looking anyway. It is nice to see some new cassette molds. And, I'm not really. Yeah. Sometimes they just like with toys and stuff. For example, like um. Like you know how they do like like G one style red alert or like G one style uh, colors of size wipe and stuff. Car- cartoon style, they're the plus, yeah, start, the plus yeah, series, yeah. Yeah, basically, um, they have to like you know this is still the car and like they they got to try to like well we still have this mold and we want to make money so it's it's always like it's like let's we just need to make money quicker now we need to make something new and people and yeah. fans will probably buy it so it's it's always like squeeze you know, every penny out of this yeah squeeze like, squeeze it out blood, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, these look cool. I mean, wing thing I think is really cool. Um, another way to get yourself a rat bat, which is nice. Mm. Enemy is actually um, 
I'm not sure if the character is a fuse of Rumble and Frenzy, but I know it is definitely supposed to be. He is basically Rumble and Frenzy as one, I believe. Is he <laughs> from like Headmasters or something? Yeah, I think yeah. I don't know how it happened. Right. I haven't seen Headmasters, but um, yeah, the, uh, I think they're really cool he, paints. But he's ba- he's based off of a um an old micro change toy. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then here they put him out with the uh, Encore Sound Blaster. Mm. And then I think, I'm not 100% sure, but I think they tried to give him that it's part Rumble, part Frenzy type thing. I'm not sure, but I think so that I, heard, I heard, it, heard it somewhere. Yeah, he's cool. It is much more of a clay than a red and mm. a more deeper mm. blue than Rumble is. But yeah, no, cool, 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 cool. Um, yeah, so like the discussion about like, it's like Rumble or Frenzy, you want to combine it to both. There you go. <laughs> Make everybody. Yeah, so the question is, is he Rumble and Frenzy or Frenzy and Rumble? Roll that one oh, around. Oh, Jason, why? Come on. Rumble, uh, Frenzy <laughs> and Rumble. Frenzy and Rumble. Because uh, Frenzy's he's, red he's hit. and Rumble's blue. Don't start. Yeah, no. Uh, maybe, no maybe, maybe he's Frenemy. I'm sorry, what did you say? So, uh, what did you say? Do, do you want to rescind that statement quickly? No. <laughs> no, I can't. It's too easy. It's too easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, now, the question is, who's ordered these? These are They've gone up for order on um, Takatomi Mall. Delivery is sometime in December. So, yeah, a good six months out. But uh, what, do you, what do you think? Anyone going to be adding these to their collection? They're certainly yeah. nice looking, just it's a bit too obscure. Yeah. Mm. Um, I've already got a ton of Masterpiece cassettes uh, through KFC, so I think unless they're like more reasonably priced, because whenever I got my first run of cassettes, they're about ninety dollars each just for two of them. So um, yeah, I just I'll I'll leave them for Jason because I think Jason's getting yeah, fair enough. I do have them on order. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. They're gorgeous. I'm not really, yeah, I'm not really a fan of how they did the molds. You know, um, I'm not really because it's a bit like I know there are a bit problems with like how they, I think like the joints always like kind of broke. I heard from people and yeah, it wasn't like, that yeah, way. I'm not really. It's a bit lengthy, I think, but you know, it's because of again the gimmick with the chest of Soundwave or maybe Future I Blaster. I don't know. I don't like this to be honest. Um, not a fan. I do like the the silver and the black though. It's a good color scheme. I'm. I'm actually the thing. The thing that stands out to me the most around uh, looking at the looking at the picture of Nightstalker. I really hope it's just like a prototype issue or something. But the um, if you can see where my mouse is moving, just the, there's no solid flat edge to the paint on the um, the cassette design. So I'm really hoping that that's just a prototype thing. I think. I think it's just especially considering how much so I'm paying this. It's so yeah. small, and it's like. I had to get kind of like, you know, it's a factory as well who's probably like pumping these out and it sucks. It's like, oh, it's a bit sloppy. But it's like, you have to, like, it's kind of small detail. It's like, uh, where, how does it go? So it's like, you know, it's all that weird mm. stuff. Yeah, um, I just, I would expect better for the money. So uh, yeah, we'll so, see. Yeah, I get what you mean, I'm not sure if I did point it out, but again, like we've got the, um, the most tiny bit of remolding on the Ravage repaint and he, he has wings now. So, I mean, that's cool. Oh, sorry. Um, I, I double checked. Is mean, his eyes painted? Because I can't really tell. Uh, it just, it I just looks like. Uh, that's, it um, looks like there's just like. Nah, no, that sucks. 
But um, I double checked because I was just like, I'm sure he didn't have these wings before. I went and looked at mine, just like, yeah, okay. So um, yeah, I mean, good for them. But like, I kind yeah. of want my Ravage to have those. But whatever. what's what's his name again? The 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 orange Ravage. What's his name? Stripes. Uh, Stripes. Uh, to all the hardcore Sky fans, here it is. The, the greatest. Must be Stripes. Congrats. Okay, we finally got it, guys. So, Titans Return, we are now looking at proper releases for the Autobot and Decepticon clones. And the so, of course, the one of each one of each set. Uh, what are what are they called? Fast Lane and Cloudbreaker. Uh, Fast Lane and Cloudbreaker, Pounce and Wingspan. And so, you'll find one of each in the. <laughs> Toys R Us sets, and we are we are joined on the podcast by my cat. Say hello, Andy. Hi, Andy. <laughs> Hi, Andy. <laughs> he's just like, he's just like, why have you picked me up, Damn. human? I want down. Uh, no, no up, <laughs> down, please. Um. So you get one of these guys in the uh, the Chaos on Velocitron and Siege on Cybertron sets, and mm, the other. Yeah. It looks like you're going to have to, if you can see the, if you can see the this tiny photo, there is an official Titans Return box that contains the other, um, the other side of the pair. Yeah. So if you get that box and the two one hundred and fifty dollars sets from Toys R Us and Big Bad Toy Store, you can put these guys together for um, to complete their sets. So I don't think it's worth it. I don't think unless you're a big chug guy, a big chug guy, then go for you're it. a big chug guy. I am a chug guy, but I like I select my stuff. So I was like, sometimes okay, I like right this on. guy and this guy. On the one hand, I'm a little bit pissed off, but on the other hand, I'm relieved that at least two of them aren't coming with another two hundred and fifty dollars sets. So you don't have to spend like over five hundred or yeah, over five hundred to get them. But on the other hand, I'm just like consistency. Like, what? Why? Um, do you have this one in there and then one in there? So you just have to hunt down. Essentially, three hundred dollars worth of stuff, and and like this, the sets. You might well, look, look, to be fair, you do get more than just these four figures for your three hundred bucks. Like it's a, yeah, yeah. It's not a bad deal, right? No, mm. I guess you know, but they're pretty small. Know. Like I don't want to say. Yeah, but they, they fit for the clones, and I think I love the look of the two fly guys because so basically like army building. So basically, no, <laughs> if you've got a spare, you know, couple hundred. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, you you'll get an army of one, but not the yeah. other. <laughs> they just got yeah. all these other dudes over here, like fifty Optimus Primes. But yeah, hmm. um, yeah. yeah, I they look like clones, and I'm I'm actually really happy with how um they look so alike, but yet they turn into different forms. Yeah, I, I so I was just looking at that, just looking at the differences on them. Um, you can see there's some some slight differences on the outside of the legs where wheels and jet parts go and um, on whatever's attached to their back. But the, the robot modes at first glance look identical. Exactly. Mm. And that's, yeah. that's the gimmick, you know? So I think it looks really good. And I think they're a really faithful update of those. Like a really... Yeah. I think they it's are, It's surprising yeah. just how... G1 they are exactly they're very they're very like uh, I'm not going to pick them up but I, I do admit they're very nice looking and if I had the chance if they release them like free in box sets a uh, box set box sets I get tongue tied um, then it would um, I, I will pick these up but at the at the price and like what you get with it I'm um, I'll pass you know 
So the uh, the photograph that shows the box, right? It's next to uh, Titan's Return Overlord. Now he's going to be a leader class, which I think means that um, if you're looking for this two pack, it's going to be a Voyager size. Yeah. Oh, if they put these out as like what, just the one Voyager set, that had a Voyager no, price, no, no, no. It's cool. it's a Voyager set that contains the the so the yet to be released um, yep. pair of clones. Yep. So you get this. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like if they end up putting it out at just alongside other voyages, that'd be a kind of a cool. Well, that, well so it. so judging by this photo, that would be how they're going to put these guys out because there's yeah. you can see a box next to next to Titan's Return Overlord, yeah. but you still have to buy the other um, box sets to get the others. Yeah. Oh, well. Let's move on. I can um, I can sense the disappointment. So let's talk about fan stories. <laughs> Because fan stories is usually fan stories is usually, but look at listen to that groan. Usually a fairly reliable source of uh, things to cheer people up. Now we are looking at uh, we are looking at coloured test shots of fan stories. F twenty two Coot, uh, who is a masterpiece style cup. I can hear moaning and groaning going on in the background. Who doesn't like it? I love it though. I just love the name. It's great. It's just the, co the colours, dude. The colours are just really well. The colours just look. I don't know. It's just like, it's not that it's really Dakara, like new Dakara uh, masterpiece style, but it's like, it, it's just the colors just put me off. Like, I get it. What you know, you it's supposed to look to really, uh, just a bit more darker, a little bit more like, you see that perceptor right there, how he, with the colors and stuff, and how a bit more vibrant it shows. But this is just like screams, just like out of a freaking a candy pack or something. And I'm just not really, I'm not over Fair it. Enough. I'm not really into it. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. I see the yeah. I see the the shield. shield. Yeah. So there's so there's something interesting going on with the um the chest panel window thing, but um, no one's really sure what's going on with that. Uh, I don't mm. know if that's a reference to a cartoon or maybe it's a reference to something that we haven't seen in uh, in the Western versions. I might cartoon. be. I might be maybe pulling it, but like maybe it might be a reference to like uh, Spotlight Cup in IDW when he went on Craven, maybe his chest are open. I don't know. I can't, I can't really remember or something. Hmm. Yeah, this thing just doesn't ring a bell at all. Hmm. Kind of looks like the Autobot symbol, the top of it. But... Yeah. Now, the most controversial part about this is, surprisingly, not his name. Um, but it I is love the... it. It's great. <laughs> it's, uh, it's the chest, the, 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 the vertical division in the chest, which is... Quite a departure from the character design that we're all quite we're all used to, but um, there is some, there is something to do with his transformation that that's yeah. that, that actually plays into, and I think like, after a while you don't really notice it when you look at these photos. But I will uh, give it's it this. just another scene in the Transformers toy. Exactly, mm -hmm. I will you know, give it this. It, it does have like a in robot mode with the back. It does have like a really G one toy look to it, actually. If you don't, it, it kind of does with the back a little bit. It has that like yeah. shoulders. It, it, it does remind me of it. Yeah, and it does I'll give it that. Perfect, perfectly turn into a uh, a hospital bedroom slipper. So that's good. Nice. <laughs> is, uh, but that, that's Where the best description of his vehicle mode is a bedroom slipper. He's a he's a Cybertronian pickup truck, isn't he? AKA bedroom slipper. <laughs> Just look yeah. at it. It's a you put your foot in there. It's a bedroom slipper. You know. Yeah. <laughs> By two. Just rolling around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they see you roll. Put them on Metroplex or Fort Max. 
Always um, squeaky well, I can't wait. It looks good. You know, it's yeah. it's exactly what it needs to be. Yeah. So it's it's gonna come out and like Phoenix and Grinder recently, it's gonna come out and people are just gonna be like, oh my god, and they'll just lose their shit over it. So Yeah, I'm probably everyone, everyone's it. giving it shit at the moment. And <laughs> just just you wait and see. Like it'll probably come out that uh, they accidentally turned on HDR when they took these photos and they came out <laughs> oversaturated and um, the real thing has a slightly duller color palette and everyone will breathe a sigh of relief and then go back to lusting after it. I'm giving it no shit and I'm giving it a possible buy from a convention. Um, that, that's, gonna... that's what I'm giving it. So if you, go there, see, it. if you go there and see it in person, you might Yeah, buy. definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only thing yeah. that's really frightening me off is it doesn't look like he has a waist or Actually, can we look? Yeah. No, I see it. I see it. I actually do see it. Oh. Like, look at the look. You see it. Um, so you can you can see a seam line around his waist, but yeah. he has that belt piece coming up over the top, and none of the poses that they've got him in that they've got him in actually show the waist turning. So, um, yeah, there's a slight worry, but I don't reckon that's going to be an option for him. Okay, so it was waist swivel that you said. Yeah. Yes. Swivel here. Right. Yeah, I don't think it can. Nah, I can't swivel. If it doesn't swivel, in the great words of Joby, uh, Joby the Hong, it's a disappointment. <laughs> there you go. I kind of feel like it does. Like you can see it. You can see a fairly distinct line um, behind the behind the the sort of the belt buckle part of his waist. Time will tell. That's yeah. <laughs> essentially. Yeah, I suppose so because it's. There's a it, definite seam there, but yeah. I try to see how it would be I able get to move. where you're coming from. Let, let, let's, let's, bear, let's bear in mind it's a test shot. Yep, yep. Yes, so. Now, um, the, other, the other thing is you say time will tell, and time will tell, but we don't really know when this is going to come out, and so it might be 2025. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm, fair enough. Also, mm. he comes with a saga for all those uh, comic fans. So, you know, yep, Brad, Wreckers Wild. Yep, there it is. And um, he comes with a target master as well. He does, Beautiful. yeah. That's, that's very, that's nice. That's Beautiful. Very nice. So um, I'm going to say that uh, Fans Toys F20, FT22, and by the way, the, the numbers on Fans Toys are kind of funny now. Like, mm -hmm. no one really knows what order anything's going to come out in. <laughs> FT22 Coot uh, is going to get a solid maybe. Yeah, definitely. From the podcast, nah. there's actually a bit of discussion about the uh, height of the character in uh, in robot mode, mm. um, mainly generated by this this shot that came out during the week. Um, I think so Maz from TF Square One pointed out that he was quite disappointed that um, Coot isn't closer to the height of MP9. Well, I think like because again, I think MP. Uh, I think it really scales well with um, MP um, Hot Rodimus um, because, mm -hmm. like, in the, if you've seen the movie, he really they, they're around the same size, yeah, so exactly. he looks like he's the size of like MP uh, uh, Hot Rodimus, right? So he's about that size because uh, they always interacted in the movie a lot. So I'm like, you know, if I did pick it up, he will look great with my Hot Rodimus. So yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, because I mean. Rodimus Prime is supposed to be bigger, you know, got the Matrix, so he's a bit bigger. So I, I think he's a 
perfect size. Also, he's he's, he's an elder. He's he's a he's supposed to be an elderly character. So <laughs> he's shrunk yeah. like an old man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like it's funny you say that, but it's I noticed that it happens. Like for some reason, someone's just like this height, and then whenever they get to old age, they, they, they shrunk a bit. So you know, yeah. Transformers may work the same. Yeah. Well, I shared that in the second movie, <laughs> and I said, "Who's that? Like, there's like two old Transformers in the last night, and I'm like, how are you old? Like, kind of whatever." <laughs> I guess. Yeah, no, they're, they're meant to be. They're meant to be millions of years old. These guys have been on Earth for a thousand years, and they're just like, "Oh my god, I'm old." <laughs> my oh, oh. falling off. <laughs> um, so here's a question off. for you. Here's a question for you guys about uh, Coot's design. Um, there's some. There's some goals. On his forearms, is that mm. is that actually part of the original G1 toy? Or is that just oh, a design for the fans toys about it? Oh, let me look it up. I think there was. It's on there. It's for they're more of a sort of yellow stickers, really. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I think it was right. Yeah, I did notice that. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I don't remember seeing it in his uh, cartoon form. No, it was um the gold. It was yellow in the arms. Uh, it was yellow in the G1 yeah. toy, but um. With this, I think it's gold. I think it is, yeah. Well, they're trans- yeah, he, he, has, he has them in the cartoon. Oh, okay. right. cool. It's, it's, well, funny how, it's funny how you lock on to certain aspects of a character's design and remember that. Like, for me, the most memorable part of Cup from the cartoon is the, the head, the face, yeah. the old face design, and uh, sort, of, sort of the chest design as well. So, um, mm. yeah, like the rest of him, I kind of don't really have a very clear photo of. Mine's the fact that it's kind of like, or he's like, like a mug, and then he's like the, the 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 darker blue is like the mug, and then the lighter blue is kind of like like the liquid that's inside. So I guess. Yeah, I was thinking that. I was gonna say something like that. Yeah, always. I always thought like. Oh, there you go. See there, right there. The um the gold on his arms and the gold right in his belt buckle. Even in the movie. Hold on, hold on a sec. I'm just gonna bring Max's. Uh... Screen up. There we go. Did Max just discover, to, like me today, that we could screen share? <laughs> <laughs> this is the first time I've There you go. Oh, yeah, 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 cool. There you go. There it's it beautiful. is. Beautiful. Let's look. Yeah. So let's, let's let's compare. So yeah. What, are, what have we got here? We got his. Uh, so, Coots arms um, sort of a a more, a more sort of G one toy. More, more, Clicked onto his yeah, I think they're more toy than movie figure, but his yeah. his forearms definitely there. Now I gotta say that I've got a oh thanks Max. Um, Sorry, you know, I forgot let's, that happened. <laughs> let's, go, let's go back to let's go back to the the yeah, official picks here for fan toys. Now uh, there is one thing that I want to take issue with, and um, people will probably shout me down for daring to say anything bad about fan toys, but um, <laughs> those hands look really square. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't I really like the hands. I see where you're coming from. Um, yeah. The proportions do look off in general for him. Yeah. There's nothing yeah, but... specific, but there's just a lot of things, like the yeah. shoulders are wide and down. Hold you know? on. If the fingers... If the fingers separated, like have the like you know how with like some masterpiece toys and third party toys, the masterpieces always have like a joint, like with something like this with a finger, or, like it's it's boxy, but you always have like a little dynamic with the the finger, right? If it had that, it just looks like a block, basically. I'll tell you what, the the, the, the fans toys Dinobots are a hundred percent cube for their hands, 
they mm. are way more cube than this. So, um, um, <laughs> this looks better than the fan stories. What the Dinobots? So. I, I, I just, I just sort of wonder if fan stories is just going like, all right, well, here's, here's our, here's what our hands look like. Look, Kurt needs hands. Just copy this, paste it on there, and just shrink yeah, them down as here. You know. You know what? I, whenever I saw the prototype of this, this looked like garbage, to be honest, to me. Mm. I just saw this, I'm just like, this could never work. And now that I'm actually seeing it coloured, I think it really, really works. So, um, even with the seam line, because, you know, Transform's got to transform. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll yeah. see when it comes out in about 50 years. Yeah. Yeah. Before we sort of get into a little bit of last night news, um, there is just a contest from Imaginarium who do the... Um, do a lot of uh, a lot of Transformers statues. They are actually running a competition to win. Go to their if you go to the Imaginarium Art websites, uh, sorry, the Facebook page, then you can figure out how to win it. And this is just me trying to see whether there's any other photos, and there's not. So, um, yeah, if you head to um, Imaginarium.hobby on Facebook, it appears to be their um, appears to be their uh, Facebook URL and you can find them at uh, just by searching for Imaginarium.art. You can see it on screen there now. Great head sculpt. By any chance, are they associated with Prime 1 in some way? Because it, it always it looks really similar. I know it's statues and stuff, but are they associated with Prime 1 by any chance? Or no? It's possible, but I'm probably not the right person to ask. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Some of this stuff does look good. Like, okay, so... Um, oh, there he is. There you go. So they've actually they have actually since announced how the competition works. Uh, so you have to send in a yeah, so basically you have to share their stuff, try to get a bunch of likes for it, and then send a screenshot. Oh, right. and yep. Okay. So it, so he's actually he's actually an eight centimeter statue. Hmm. Hmm. That's right. Good little guy. He's a, he is a he's tiny. He's tiny. I think but Jason's yeah. right with his uh, theory. They're, they're giving you a frenzy so you go and buy their rumble. <laughs> We'll see. It's been a bit, it's been a bit of an interesting week. Uh, news has been up and down about whether the last night has been a huge success or a huge failure. There was a, there was an interesting piece that was published in the Daily Mail um, earlier in the week, showing uh, that the the movie's considered a bit of a flop. It's only opened with sixty nine point one million uh, for domestic US take. That article was then later rewritten and. While the fact didn't change, the article spin changed to uh, Transformers last night slays everyone at the box office with a with a weekend take of sixty nine point one million. It turns out that uh, turns out that they didn't actually have such a bad weekend. It just wasn't such a big weekend for everyone. Um, yeah, and so uh, Paramount says that it cost two hundred seventeen million to make, and they've spent a lot of money marketing it. We know that it's we know that it's opened big in China and made something like 100, 120 million and it for its, its budget back. weekend. Sorry, has its budget back? It got its entire budget yes. back. Yes, yes, it's reached about three hundred million at the moment. Yep. So it's made its budget back, um, made a little bit more. Whether or not it's actually going to make it to the uh, the billion marks that we've seen mm. from previous films, might have to wait for its home its, its home video and streaming releases. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes. But uh, it just goes to show that the numbers don't necessarily lie, but it's all about the spin that you put on them. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Yep. I think, um, oh, yeah. No, you go, Mike. It's all good. Oh, sorry. Uh, I, I, I don't know if it was a Digibash or something, but I saw, I mean, it's probably too early for it to be this, but it's a, um, a DVD box 
showing the box art of the DVD and Blu-ray case and saying that there's going to be an extra 40 minutes mm. <laughs> of, of uh, Transformers movie in there for you to watch. So, um, I, I kind of like all, to watch uh, an extended cut. I, I do. Yeah, I will you, too. you know what? You know what? I'd do it. Yeah, you know I would what? too. But I think it's gonna. I, I I I can bet you it's gonna do the exact thing, same thing that the Batman versus Superman extended cut Show did, and it, and it explained absolutely nothing, nothing. of the unexplained shit. So I mean, uh, it, here, cool, here's but... the here, here's the thing about footage that's cut from movies, right? Yeah, it's usually cut for a reason. Mm. Yeah, it's long, tight. You know, I also want to add the fact there is footage. I did see. Um, I was watching the behind the scenes a year ago, and it showed Hound, Crosshairs, Drift, Bumblebee, and Hot Rod running away from this giant, like destruction falling pillar or something. And it was ago. cut out of the movie. Yeah, it was like it was behind the scenes. They were filming in like UK or something, oh, and um, okay. they were they were filming. And there was like a, a pillar that dropped the stuff, and I was like, "Why is that not in the movie? That looks expensive to make." And um, I was watching some of those, um, like those commercials with like Bumblebee versus Barricade, and I'm like yeah. thinking to myself at the same time, it's like they they showed a clip with Bumblebee doing fussing, like bumping his chest, right? And that was in the movie with the co-commercial. So I'm saying they probably cut that out with the the rematch with Bumblebee and Barricade. They cut that out probably, and that was probably the footage, right? And they also did say they were going to put the origin of uh, Optimus and Megatron for a bit in it. They said they were going to do that in like the, the producer said something like that, and he promised us that, and it wasn't even in the film. So, I don't know. yeah, and there's also a thing like um, you know how there's two alternate versions of the film out yeah. about. Yes. Uh, no, um, you should probably explain that. Oh yeah, because like yeah, I, I remember. So there's two alternate versions. Yeah. Um, and basically, there's a whole bunch of small line differences and scene differences, but the big one is uh, in one, Nitro Zeus is voiced by uh, Stephen Barr, and in the other, he's voiced by John DiMaggio. Yeah. And he's got slightly different lines in each in each version. The one that we have in Australia is the John DiMaggio one. Oh, yeah, we got that. okay. So I we don't John see DiMaggio. the other one. Yeah. Um, yeah, and a scene that we missed out in our cut of a film is they actually have when Megatron and Nitro Zeus fly down and still. Oh, what? Can I... Okay, spoilers. Um, when Megatron and Nitro. He's <laughs> just like, oh, should I or shouldn't I? Well, yeah, yeah, contemplate for a second. I like that he's just spoilers. decided to go for it, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, spoiler. Right. Um, there's not much to spoil. Uh, mm. When Megatron and Nitro Zeus fly down and steal the staff. Megatron actually says that like he's what like Quintessa chose him or something like that. So whereas it's just oh, okay. implied in the regular cut for oh, yeah. that's really weird. working with that. That's something it, I'd like. They to actually be. say it in speaking the of in an older version. Speaking of John Gimaggio voicing uh like Transformers, you know, um you ever find it funny that he plays two dickhead Transformers? With the two giant egos, and then he's a robot. Does that remind you of anyone? You know, a silver yes. robot with an antenna. You know, yep. anyone? I don't I'm know. Pretty sure that's yeah. the exact reason why that's it. Yeah, of course. <laughs> like, say hello um, for your like your wife for me. I'm like, what? How does a robot do? Okay, yeah, well, that was funny. I'll give him that. That was funny. Yeah. Well, it's John um, Dimaggio. I love John Dimaggio. Yeah, Thanks he's great. Me. Um. I did like something I've noticed with like whenever you see a trailer for a, a movie, 
and like you see a scene and you're just like, oh, that's an awesome scene. You go into the movie remembering that awesome scene, like for, for the for Rogue One example. Um, there's this scene where there's a TIE fighter that just comes up yeah. in front of... So the, th- so the thing is that I, I think this is something that's been happening more in the last maybe so, maybe five years or so. And that's um, scenes being filmed and scenes going into trailers and then getting cut from the scene, yeah. uh, cut, from, cut from the finished product. It's not necessarily um, like it's not necessarily an intentional um, an intentional dupe, but as films reach the end of their production, um, you know they end up they end up changing their cut, changing their edit, and I think these days with um, digital digital filming, um, digital filmmaking, you end up with a lot more alternate versions of scenes and a lot more footage that you can actually swap around and cut into the movie. So I think it's more likely that now and into the future we're going to see we're going to see this sort of chop and change and scenes will go missing. Rogue One is an especially interesting example from a production standpoint because yeah. that movie basically changed director in post. And oh, okay. I did not know that. And, and yeah, they, they had massive, massive changes uh, okay. in post-production. Oh, yeah. And so Rogue One you know, is basically a very different movie than uh, yeah. its original director wanted to make it. Yeah, okay. and also... Um, what's a really good example was this, uh, like what we're talking about with movies when it's like they sometimes they don't show footage. Recently, example is the new Power Rangers movie where they are mm. uh, the the Pink Ranger uh, Kimberly and Red Ranger Jason. They look in the, in the trailer, they were making out, but in the movie they're just friends, and, and people were questioning why is that out, right? Why is that out? And it's like what what's happening with that? And there was a bunch of scenes. And again, especially with Rogue One, there was, I think there was a scene when they were running towards um, the, the giant um, walkers, right? And that was out of the movie. And it was like the one where they were running on the beach. That was gone um, with... Um, oh, the bloody first trailer was cut out of the movie. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> it messes with my head, though. I'm in there watching the movie in the cinema for the first time. And then the, the thing, like, well, the scene where I think it's going to happen, it's just like yeah, something was supposed to happen there. And then whenever the finishes, I have time to just think because, you know, just absorbing the movie for the, the watching. And also, like, oh, it messes with my head. Like, where, where, where's, where's the bits of the movie that you showed me, you know? Yeah. But anyway. Also, with Transformers the last night, there was a bunch of scenes where it's like, you know, actually, the designs of the Transformers, what they promised us what they were going to give. A good example is Barricade. I like his new design in the movie as well and the, the concept, but it's like everyone, they'll just like promote, like, this is Barricade's, what he's, yeah, this is what he's going to look like. We made a, a promo little teaser for Barricade. This is what he's going to look like. But he looks completely different from the movie. And so does Drift. Like, anyone notice Drift has a bit of a, like, he looks a bit more robotic than more, less of a human in the last night. Have you ever, yeah, did you guys recognize his face? Like, yeah. um, he had like his eyes are a bit more up to the top and not really human, and he doesn't have cheeks anymore. And because and the designs are all really weird. Like they said, they're gonna do this concept, but they change it. So it's all it's all weird, basically, with how they do it in post production. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, but you know. As Jason said, you know, they drop and change. So, so I, I didn't really notice that much of a difference in drift except for the color scheme. And to but be honest, you can I tell from the eyes. I yeah, I didn't really see that much of, I didn't really see that many scenes where you actually see drift's face in. There was like one. Character development for their own characters in Transformers. They don't. Exactly. Well, it's also because drift is the favorite movie. So, but Drift, but with Drift, they actually, because I always had a problem with Drift in um, the Age of Extinction, he had to, like, 
I know the G1 always had like uh, human looking robots with the faces and stuff, but it was always like a little bit blocky. With Drift, it was always weird because it was all humanoid, and I was like, ew. But with this, they actually, what they did was, even yeah, if you no, notice, humans if you are look, disgusting. Yeah, oh, of course, yeah, fuck that. Um, but no, so the thing with Drift, what they did was, they put his, um, under the helmet, they put his eyes a little bit, uh, like robotic, and his, uh, they removed like the cheeks and made his mouth a little bit more slimmer and all that. And unlike Age of Extinction, he looked like, no offense, but like, uh, actual Asian dude. And I was like, that's really weird. <laughs> I, knew, I knew it was. So, that. so, so that kind of thing does that kind of thing does attract a lot of attention and it attracted a lot of criticism in Age of Extinction. And I, I mean, the movies have the movies have actually long attracted criticism for racial stereotypes as oh, well, yeah. um, like uh, skids and mudflap and wheelie. The yeah, the the, oh. the the list goes on, right? The yeah. um. Yeah. Is Wheelie a stereotype? Because I was just thinking it's just annoying. Little yes. Wheelie is definitely a stereotype. Is oh, he like yeah. Jewish or something? <laughs> Jesus. Jewish. He's uh, sort of more, more sort of a New York bound, but yeah, um, more maybe. of a yeah Yankee. Yankee always like people always got mad about jazz being like, oh, he 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 got he just said bitch and he said kicking it, and I'm like, well, I always say it's like people relax. He oh, that's all he did, right? Second of all, jazz. Yeah, exactly. And I say to people, it's like, all he did was say is, bitch, I'm going to be chilling here, right? And that's all he said, right? And all he did, and that's Jazz's character. He likes to chillax and he's cool, right? And all he did in the rest of the movie was just being like, let's save Bumblebee. Let's do this Optimus. What are we going to do? That's all he did. And people were like that's saying, oh, yeah, he's oh. a racist stereotype, you know? It's like, relax. Jazz is not that bad of a stereotype. He just feels a bad had any, But then Revenge of the Fallen came and just like... Dumped it in our face. Yes, yeah, exactly. I thought I thought the main issue with jazz was the um, racial stereotypes with his voice acting, and um, given the fact that given the fact that uh, he do, he is a giant robot and doesn't match those racial stereotypes. Mm. Anyway, True. let's uh, let's move on. Uh, okay. Rather than digging ourselves into a into a, a into a stereotype off match. Yeah. <laughs> Little note, Steve Jablonski's score for the last night is now available globally. Going on past performance, we had a bit of a discussion in the um, a bit of a discussion in the uh, the uh, TCCA Facebook group about this last night. The scores for Dark of the Moon and Age of Extinction are actually no longer available on well, what uh, on iTunes, and oh. I'm pretty sure that they're hard to find on Google Play. I've I've got Dark of the Moon showing up in my Google Play account, but I'm not sure if that's because I added it manually or if it's actually still in still in the um, all access streaming library. Now, there's a curious reason for this, and it is that uh, it's a licensing thing basically. And if it goes to fifteen thousand sales, uh, then it gets taken down because otherwise they need to pay extra royalties to. Pretty much everyone involved with the production of the score, and so you'll find that Transformers One and Two, their scores are basically the the fees have been paid, so they're allowed to go beyond fifteen thousand unit sales. But yeah. three and four, and probably five, um, you can't do it. Okay. Yeah. I... They just get uploaded to YouTube anyway. I know, like thievery yeah. is not like the best thing, but sometimes with like stuff like Age of Extinction and Dark of the Moon soundtrack. 
when they're getting taken off, like some people just put it up or whatever. Like some random uploader uploaded the original Autobots return um, theme and it got like over like 30 million views, I think. It's yeah, but, but so, so, so the thing is that I don't want to I don't want to go to YouTube to listen to a soundtrack. I'd oh, rather okay. use it in my actual support. music player. Yes. Yeah, so um, I found Dark of the Moon quite easily. Um, when you say found, what have you been doing? And Age of Extinction. Uh, you've ha- are you finding them for purchase online digitally, or are you just I searching just went for into the iTunes store? Yeah. Okay. So Dark of the Moon's there, but Age of Extinction you'll find is a four-track EP. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. So that's um, not the same. Maybe track. also the thing is that I bought them, so they might be there. That I've could also them. be why. Yes. That is probably it. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I can't tell you because I've bought them, but um, yeah, that's okay. Cool. I didn't. Yeah. So that means it was fairly popular then. You've had fifty. Yeah, yeah, it, it is very popular. Um, the the note. So um. There was a note from Steve Jablonski when uh, Age of Extinction's soundtrack was taken down explaining why. And in the note he says that um, a lot of soundtrack scores generally sell between sort of eight to 10,000 copies. And so the limit, for, the limit for this extra level of compensation was set at 15,000 because they figured that not that many, not that many uh, musical works are actually going to make it to that level. Turns out with digital distribution, things are more likely to make it to that level, and they did, and so they've taken it down. It's a bit unfortunate, but yeah. Back to the actual original, back to the actual story. There is, it is a 34-track soundtrack. It's two hours and nine minutes long, and uh, you can you can definitely find it on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play Music. Mm. And, and um, apparently, title as well. No I'm, one going to, I'm going to download that one. How much is he? He is. 16 bucks? Is, Probably about that. I don't know. Yeah. I, 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 use, so I use Google Play Musical Access, so I don't know oh. how much anything costs. Okay, well, I'll tell you what he's on iTunes then. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm you, definitely downloading that because it's... Did you guys cool. like the score for last night? Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought it was the best one yet. Uh, I thought it was just... It was okay, genuinely. I just it didn't thought... have like... In terms of an actual song... It didn't really have one of those, but in terms of music and like dramatic moments, it was yeah. freaking. Yeah, I, I think, thought it was the best uh, out of a lot. I think Age of Extinction is really good for anyone. Who is I think Age of Extinction had a really good soundtrack. Age of Extinction, um, yeah. I mean, there's only four things, wasn't it? <laughs> no, it was like there was no. like Lockdown's theme. There was um the Autobots re- I reunite, which which was really amazing. Oh, oh yeah, that one was. Awesome. Autobot Reunite has to be the best other than um, Arrival to Earth. I think yeah. Arrival to Earth and Autobots Reunite are probably the two best um, Yeah, exactly. Transformers uh, scores. Yeah. Hmm. But um, yeah, sixteen ninety nine on the Apple iTunes store if anyone's interested. Um, it's, probably, it's probably about how much it is in all the stores. Yeah, yeah, yeah probably. Um, yeah. Buy it up before it goes and disappears. Before it disappears, yeah. (laughs) That is about the end of the news. Now, two of us have read this week's new uh, Lost Light number seven. So we're going to talk a little bit about it in a spoiler-heavy fashion. So if you are listening and you're listening and you don't want to hear it, maybe jump about five minutes into the future. Oh, but one of the, so one, one of the main one of the main features of the comic this, this is very much a mop up issue after the after the major six issue dissolution arc, and so you see a lot of the characters just sort of coming to terms with uh, Megatron's departure, 
actually. And there's a there's a. I thought it, I think it's actually really interesting watching James Roberts online for the last uh, last few weeks since issue six came out and we lost Megatron to the Functionist universe, and it's yeah. been really interesting seeing a lot of the discussion where people have tried to sort of reconcile Megatron's actions and know he's a bad guy, yeah, but he's a good guy and he's a good guy that, you know, forgot to be a, or forgot to be a good guy and stuff. He's bitten his tongue very well because he would have known full well that he's already written all of I those would, arguments. There's, a, there's think, a fantastic discussion between Rodimus and Magnus about Megatron. I think with uh, Megatron, yeah. if I could, uh, if I could input... Uh, with Megatron IDW specifically, I think um, I do like I I I have I love this character like with IDW and Megatron how he advanced him and it's like as an Autobot I got used to the idea and I really love the idea, but with Autobots like you know like in society thinking like for example, why is he an Autobot? Why can we not execute him? And that was like stuff for Starscream and stuff. I know what happened with trials and stuff, but like why why are we let it like this doesn't forgive him he caused like Cybertronian civil war and everything, you know, and those reasons and stuff. And, you know, of course, like the system of Cybertron and stuff, but at the same time, you know, it's like, he's done pretty messed up things, especially like all hail, all hail Megatron. Remember that, you know, he's he, killed billions basically. Yeah. Killed billions. Humans, and it's like humans and transformers. Sometimes I'm like when I'm reading like lost light and stuff, I'm like, I'm thinking to myself like Megatron, I can't like, I love you as a character, but I can't really, like as a reader myself, I can't forgive you because you again you kill billions and you sh you, you darn goofed. You know you can redeem yourself, but well, like you know you you darn goofed. I, 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 th I think the interesting thing there is that um, so so part of the discussion in this issue is that um, Rodimus and Rodimus and Magnus or Minimus Ambus are talking about how they got used to having him around, they got comfortable having him around, and they got punished for it because they faced a mutiny from half the crew of the ship who kicked them off the ship and said, no, no, what you're doing is not actually right. So I think the voice of the reader is actually very much there and your distrust of your distrust of Megatron because ever since issue 30, of, 30 or so of More Than Meets the Eye, when yeah. Megatron's turned up on the ship, you're just basically waiting for the other shoe to drop. And the the big surprise is that the other shoe never in fact dropped and megatron himself is now off in a different universe there's a lot of anger and there's a lot of frustration from the remaining members of the crew as to why that is and why he was allowed to why he was allowed to basically escape his punishment and uh stay in that universe we 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 the readers know that it was an accident it wasn't actually megatron's fault so when we do meet up with the character again down the road, and it's good to move him off the board for a little while, um, when we do meet up with him down the road, it's going to be a really interesting, uh, really interesting reunite. I did not know that. He, it was not his fault. That's interesting. Did you read yeah, the issue, no, Mikey? I don't. I read up to a point, and I'm just like, eh, can't be bothered. So it was it's not like, Megatron. So look, it was not Megatron's it's fault. Terminus. Thanks. Okay. So it's not Megatron's <laughs> fault. With what? Uh, yep. The correct location was transmitted, and Roberts has clarified this. The yep. correct location for the teleporter was transmitted to Terminus, and Terminus right. didn't give it to Megatron. Okay. So, so Terminus, is, Terminus is the reason that Megatron is still in the Functionist universe, and it's not Megatron's fault. And Megatron tried his best to get back to them. So Terminus is the big evil. 
necessarily a big evil in this. He's he's basically he's a good guy, um, and like he's kept he's basically done an immoral thing and said, yeah, I'm going to keep Megatron from facing justice. Yeah. But he's also put him in a position where he's going to do a lot more good. Okay. And Terminus has hasn't been established as uh, you know an evil character at all. You know, so far what we've seen is that he's a lot of Megatron's initial influence for being a good character. Oh, okay. So, I okay, cool, cool, cool. yeah, I don't think he's going to really serve as a villain of sorts. Okay, right, fair enough. So, look, look I, I think I think the discussion over what's ended up happening to Megatron is it's worth a longer discussion, and that's why I think actually one of the reasons why I quite welcome this issue. There's a very very um, harsh review of it on at least one website that I've seen, and I enjoyed reading. That review's yeah. wrong. Yeah, this is probably my favorite issue so far. I, I, I look, I, I, I really enjoyed it. I do think that there's a certain. I, th I take the point. So I'm talking about we're talking about um, Rack's interview at T Formers or uh, RAC. Um, so the issue is that um, Lost Light and More Than Meets the Eye, they do tend to sort of they they corral you into a certain way of thinking about something, and then the next issue they just sort of resolve it. And <laughs> it's very it's very much the same problem that you have with something like Twenty Four. When you watch Twenty Four, you get to the you get to the end of every episode, and seemingly the only interesting stuff that happens in the Twenty Four universe happens in the last five minutes of the hour to get you to watch the next episode. So there'll just be people driving around and doing something, and then in the, there'll be a firefight five minutes from the end, and you're never sure who's survived. So yeah. when, when when you get to the the start of the next episode, it's just like oh, phew, I you know that that bullet missed me. That's really good, and. <laughs> You're right. I get it. To to a certain extent, that kind of is what Lost Light does. Um, there was a there was a specific mention made in Rack's review about the uh, Cyclonus tailgate and the the guards, uh, the the overzealous security guards on on the Lost Light ship, uh, shooting the crap out of Cyclonus, and you're like, holy crap, he's dead. And the next yeah. issue, it's like, no, he's fine. Um, and so you you do sort of get these cop outs. No, well, yeah. So they're they're not they're not cop outs. They're fake outs, yeah. uh, where you are you as the audience and the reader are led to believe something. Yeah, and especially. the opposite is true. But I don't think it's necessarily. I don't I don't really see it as a bad thing. It's just it's kind of part of playing with the audience, and we know that Roberts loves to play with the audience. Yeah, but yeah. I think. This I, is I no, you go, dude. It's all good. Go ahead. Oh, I sort of see it as Roberts being. More of a character-focused writer, and he's not—he's not really all that crash hot at writing action. You know, it's not—he's so, not a sort of writer where you pick up Lost Light and you're like, "Awesome, it's going to be a big fight in here. I'm going to be engaged. It's going to be explosions and what have you." Character no, you, you, Yeah, you—you want to read all the little conversations and what have you. It's more sort of the driving force behind a narrative isn't the events that take flight isn't the events that take place it's how people respond to those events yeah. sure um, yeah and i think part okay. of that response is actually the readers as well i just want to input you know about the cop-out thing you know i find this a lot of robots in the skies i mean not robots i want to meet i lost light 
you know, I'm always invested and I'm always like how it's always taking risks with the characters and how it's, it's innovating this, this whole Transformers universe. For example, when uh, Rewind died, right, Rewind, I thought it was really touching and really, it was upsetting. And I was like, whoa, this is, this is depressing. And like, you see Crone uh, Dome depressed and everything. But then there's, again, the biggest cop out. So I'm from another universe and your, your, my Crone Dome died. You want to come with me? Yeah. I was like, and I was like, that's, that's lazy. I love James Robertson, the characters and stuff, but that's it's like if you had the balls, you know, you could have leaned. I think the thing to remember with that though is that there's two years hmm. between that. Like there's there's like uh, there's like twenty issues between think, when yeah. between when the the other Chrome Dome and Re Rewind come back, and so that's like, fine. But I just but, but, but I no, but there's, there's two, no, but there's two years of reader time. For readers to see depressed Chrome Dome and upset Chrome Dome, and then finally, when that character is at rock bottom, then he's delivered a salvation in that he actually gets to spend that time with that with with you know the character, the other character, his conjuncts endure. He gets yeah, I always, like, like it's a, it's an it's an arc. Yeah. And it happens a lot. I always find like paint ejected into rewinds. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's what but, I always thought. It's just like, hey, hey, guys, let's just slap some paint on this dude and problem solved. Like, just blow yeah. your eyes a little bit. But the thing about yeah, exactly. it is, like, yeah. the thing it does a, a character. For example, I'm going to bring up something like Batman. You know, when he lost someone, like you know, his parents or stuff. I started to bring up like a uh, like a stereotype. Spoilers. The thing. Oh, jeez. How dare you? No one knows that. <laughs> oh, but my God, Martha. It, he had to. Martha, Martha, Martha. Oh, I can speak hey, I now. Know. No, but, like, the thing about <laughs> it is it helps the character. Like, for example, if Chrome Dome had to, like, you know, appreciate, you know, again, he was depressed and stuff, but you have to remember he, he could probably uh, moved on, like, you know, learn from what he what has done, learn from what he's done, experience and stuff and whatever. He lost someone. That you know, that's just life, and he has to move on, right? And he told him, like, in the, I think in the message, it's like, oh, it's like when he told him, "I love you, Chrome Dome," right? He says, "I'll be fine. Move on. Take care of the crew and the blah 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 and all that," right? And it just kind of feels like it's like they just like you can bring anyone back to life, you know? It's like the Optimus Prime thing. It's like just if you're gonna make someone dead, like you know, have the balls to leave them dead, you know, and like make them learn. Because I the thing about Lost Light is. It's it's a ballsy like thing for Transformers, and I I think it has the balls to do this stuff. But when it does stuff like this, it's like, can anyone come back? You know, when Cyclonus got shot to like got by the guards and stuff, you know, it's like it just feels kind of like don't cop out and like you know just do it because it helps character grow and experience and stuff. And I think that could really work. Stuff like Batman and Spider Man and all that have grown from this and uh, developed from death and whatever and tragedy. And made it something worthwhile or something, you know. How many? How many of you guys watch Fear the Walking Dead? Mm. No, I don't watch Walking Walking. I watched the first season of Walking okay, Dead. So, so I got halfway through the second. Boom. So I want. I want to. I want to talk about in relation, in relation to what you were saying. So in the second episode of the third season of fear the walking dead the major lead character for the last two seasons is killed off before the opening credits mm. now like we're, we're in spoiler territory already so like whatever yeah um, i don't watch it and so and so the the showrunners have said that the rest of the season is going to you know it's going to be a major effect on the rest of the characters and they're going to watch 
you know, and see how that plays out on those characters for the rest of the season and see what happens. But um, it was such a it was such a sudden thing, and uh, like like the actor has a job on the next Avatar movie, so like you know they had to write him out yeah. basically as soon as he got that. Oh, oh that's happening. Yeah, oh yeah, they yeah, that's. When is that going to happen? <laughs> Never. Um, you might have to ask fans' toys. but um, <laughs> I. I, 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 I I think the story, I think the the story and the drama and how characters react react to and relate to loss, is an interesting one. And that's to bring it back to to bring it back to what's going on in this issue of Lost Light. This there is a reaction to loss going on. They've lost Megatron. Some characters, some characters preferred having Megatron around more than they admit. Ultra Magnus actually says that um, he really appreciated the fact that whenever he write a report. He'd submit it to Megatron, and Megatron would read every single page of his reports and reply, "Noted with thanks." And thanks. And, and, you know, and, and Rodimus is like, "Yeah, you know, I never read your reports or anything like that." <laughs> and so, you know, like, Rodimus, of course, Rodimus, he's a tool. He's a lovable tool. Oh, so so Rodimus actually, Rodimus actually demonstrates that he's perhaps a little bit more, a little bit more attuned to being a captain of a captain of a crew in this issue than you might think otherwise, because. Ultra Magnus himself actually, or well, Magnus is dead as far as Minimus Amos is concerned in this episode, in this issue, episode, whatever, because he can't put the armor on and he can't he can't make the armor move, and it is determined that the armor has some kind of a some kind of a neural interface, and because Ambus has developed all of these traits um, and he's become a, a sympathizer for Megatron and he's constantly running late for appointments. He didn't write a report about certain things. The armor doesn't think that he's actually Amos anymore. And it's not until Rodimus actually baits him into exclaiming all of these things about how Megatron actually is like really, he's, he's a bad, he's a bad guy. He's done all of these bad things. He doesn't deserve to get away unpunished. And at that point you suddenly realize that the, the armor has been moving as he's been, Expositing, and so uh, Rodimus knew that he had to sort of bait him into. He knew that he had to bait him into you know a really strong emotional position, so that he would actually revert back to back to being the Ambus that we all know and mostly love. So like, I, 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 th- I think it's actually, I think it's actually quite, it's quite subtle. Um, it's quite subtle on Rodimus's saying- part. That the armor kind of has a mind of its own as, as well. No, you know, I'm saying no, the armor has a, the armor has a security. Like Everness. Uh, I feel like oh, he okay. has like. Sorry. I feel like he when he gets in the armor, he he's like he's like because he, he's just you know he's by the books. Ultra Magnus. I'm gonna call him Ultra Magnus, right? He's by the books, right? So when he's in that armor, he's like, yes, I could do justice and give the law, and I have the power and the strength. And without the armor, he feels a bit. Like okay, you know, whatever, but I beat up the yeah, basically. <laughs> so all that. Oh, no, so, so, so the problem, but, but the problem that occurs in this issue is that he can't put the armor on because um, he's changed because he has these he has these feelings that make him uh, conflicted. There yeah. is, of course, some the episode. I don't even know what that means. Uh, <laughs> nope. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm uh, Will, you were you were still you were still saying some stuff. Go on. I, like, uh, I just want to. I'm going to talk about a bit with um, Rodimus, if that's all right. Um, mm. Rodimus, um, always found like you know people call him sometimes like you're selfish and you're self-absorbed, but always found that like uh, he was always like uh, at one point you know I found that like that's his own uniqueness. It's like you know, 
he's more outgoing and he's like, yeah, do what, you know, I'm, a, I'm a leader. And he's actually proud of it. But there's a point in the comic, I think it was Dark Cybertron, where Rodimus was like, when Optimus was like walking with him or something, and he's like, Optimus, you know, I don't know what to do. What should I do? And he's like, I don't know. You, you figure it out. And he's like, wait, you're not going to give me a big giant speech that you always freaking do? It's like, no, figure it out yourself. Your job, you're a leader, you do it yourself. And I was like, wow. You know, you know, sometimes, you know, I, I really dig like, you know, that little interaction. It's like, yeah, what am I stop being such a little, you know, a twat sometimes and, you know, man up sometimes. You know? <laughs> Rely on Ultra Magnus and Drift, you know, to do your speeches and stuff, you know, just. Rodimus. I, 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 I think that's, that's actually, that was actually one of the points where, um, so Optimus hadn't really decided to come back as Optimus yet because he was still um, he was still Orion Pax at that point as well. And so he didn't want the leadership, the mantle of leadership. And so when Rodimus asked him for some advice about it, his, his advice was basically, you know, look, I, I don't have any advice for you because I'm not, I'm not in that, uh, in that role. But yeah, no, look, I, I think, I think there's definitely, I think there's definitely something there in that there's, there's a growth in Rodimus's stature in leadership in this issue. And yeah, I, I, I really quite, I really quite, um, quite appreciate it. So there's a point, uh, I'm just looking through the, um, I, 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 so after, after Magnus realizes what has happened and that his arm is working again, he storms out of the room. He's like, I'm going to write a massive report about the state of the ship. And, uh, and Drift says to Rodimus, like, yeah, what just happened? And he says, like, and Rodimus just goes straight up and says, Ultra Magnus can't deal in shades of grey. He needs absolutes. It's black or white or nothing. Straight up. You can't you can't say that Rodimus doesn't know his two IC. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, look, look, there's, there's plenty of stuff to discuss. There's also there's also some stuff that's going on with um with Tailgate as well yeah. in this issue, which uh is either heartbreaking or interesting, but uh, so um, yeah. well, Tailgate and Cyclonus. Tailgate and Cyclonus break up, and uh, Tailgate t accepts an offer from um, who's the doctor that's still on Necroworld? Is it Kaput? What? Kaput? Is it Kaput? Kaput. Max? What a name! Kaput. <laughs> Sorry, what? what? So the, do oh, the, the doctor, doctor who, the doctor who remains on Necro World is Kaput. And yes. in fact, he is Kaput now. So he yeah. tried a radiation therapy treatment on Talgate for six months, buried him underground. And six months later, it turns out that uh, Fangry has turned on Kaput and killed him and oh, is taking, re taking revenge on Talgate and um, keeps him buried underground for how however many millions of years, uh, which... We all know that Tailgate is actually already already yeah. uh, already been underground for that many millions of years underneath an Autobot uh, shuttle launch site from back when the war began. So, could be an interesting could be an interesting way for the character to uh, bow out for a while, going in, going out the way he came in. I never put was... my life in the hands of someone called Kaput. Kaput, mm. I we get it. Kaput, I'll put my hand, my trust in you. Kaput, I get now. And then you're dead. Pretty dead. Yeah, Max. I lie. Max, yeah, you look like you're urgently, urgently looking through the issue, trying to find this stuff. My, my, my thing just, my um, window just crashed. So, <laughs> but um, yeah, it was sort of, it was like if it was a character death, you could look at it and be, 
oh, okay, you know, this is unrealistic. You know, this isn't this isn't something that's going to hold very this isn't going to hold very long. But going with sort of what's happened to Tauga, you feel like it's something that's it's going to have long term implications. Like you know, you've taken out basically both Megatron and Tailgate from a book for what's I can only assume is going to be a considerable amount of time. So it's gonna it's gonna be really interesting to see and is yeah how he reacts upon getting out. You know, um, you know, there'll probably be some sort of difference in his relationship with Cyclonus at, at that point when he comes out. Maybe I so I reckon that either Tauge or Megatron will be back before the season finale. Mm. Which going on past uh, going past things will probably be um, probably around issue twenty twenty two. So I want to uh, can I talk about the DJG? Um, I feel like it was kind of rushed how they killed them off in the end, just for like. Just, so so so, so, you, so like you, you can, but it's not actually about Lost Light number seven, but. Let's go there. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I'm not talking about that. Like, I thought they could have been really cool still being, you know, anonymous and, like, they, they're so around, but, like, I just felt like they shouldn't be killed off and I really wish they were still the villains, you know, and I really wish they were so around. So the, so the thing I think with the DJD is that they were never really intended to be the villains. They brought them in, what was it, like, issue six or seven, and then I think the fan reaction to them was so great when they brought them in that they thought, well, okay, we need to bring them back. But I don't think they were really intended to be, you yeah. know, the villains that they turned out being. Yeah. But, yeah. I'm just, look, I'm just saying it because I'm a big time fanboy. So I'm like, I'm a bit biased. So, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, so the fact that, the fact that Tarn's dead doesn't yeah. really affect the fact that you've got 50 issues or, you know, 40 oh, of or so yeah, issues of, of time being awesome. Like, that just, but just, because, just because the character's dead, it doesn't mean that you can't go back yeah, and read the issues in which they were alive. Of course. There'll be other adaptations like the Michael Bay version. <laughs> no. No, no. I don't no. think All right. I think we're done with news. I think we're done with um, done with comics. One slight note while we are talking about comics, there is a there is a news story about comics uh, comics publisher IDW. The parent company IDW Media Holdings is actually uh, 1.8 million uh, loss in the most recent quarter. So it's not even actually year on year, but um, this time this time in the same quarter last year, they actually had an eighty one thousand dollar profit on the books, which it's not actually that much when you consider the number of people actually involved in that. That's you know a, a, that's a, a person's salary or two, but um, yeah, or I guess quarter of a quarter. That is a little bit more than that. So um, yeah, they're facing facing revenue declines. It's worth remembering though that IDW does not just publish stuff. They do games. They actually do entertainment. And I, I actually wonder if some of the losses might be coming from the entertainment division because they haven't really. They haven't actually hit much into the. They haven't hit anything out of the ballpark because they're actually having trouble getting getting a ball onto the bat. Um, really, like games and stuff, because like they're not like I know them from like stuff like comics, and that's mainly it. But like, I don't. I really haven't seen them do anything else besides just comics. There's 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 actually quite a um. It's actually quite a number of divisions. Like they do they do some collectibles. They do games, they do entertainment, oh, okay. uh, they, they do all sorts of stuff. And so yeah. um, we, the, the part that we're familiar with is IDW Publishing. Now, 
It actually so it actually says um, the games are down two hundred twenty thousand due to release timing. Okay, um, so it actually says that uh, direct costs in the publishing division were actually higher as a percentage of sales because um, there was a, a, a book series that apparently applied upward pressure on printing costs to meet demand. Which uh, there's speculation in this article that it's a series called March, uh, which became really popular. So um, yeah, I uh, just want to input. Um, by saying what could help the company and I, th I know a few ways actually again you know merchandise and stuff and all that but I don't think they do as much right here's what they should do maybe take a, a playbook out of um, DC or Marvel DC or Marvel what they should do is like uh, you know about the animated DC films and like how they're like they're, like comic accurate and stuff and oh, whatever you know. yeah you know I could see something for like uh, the Ninja Turtle franchise, the G.I. Joe, and the Transformers being animated straight to DVD um, or like digital movies. And it, it could really uh, help them in the long run because you can get all this, you know, attention from the comic books. And they just say, wow, this is the universe and the adaptation is really cool. And, you know, they need to also put up the, the, the I guess, the, the, you know, products and stuff, like, for example, toys. You know, I think maybe Hasbro should... I'm not really helping IDW with the Transformers as much because like they, they're doing different waves and stuff and maybe it might be not be doing that well or whatever. But the, I think they need to maybe invest more into just, you know, again, games, animated movies, maybe cartoons or stuff, you know, just stuff that will involve their company. Like a lot of things like Marvel and DC does. Not if it's anything like Machine Emmas. No. Well, so this, this is, I think, part of the problem with um, things like Transformers and with G.I. Joe, where IDW has the license to produce printed material of these guys, but they yeah. don't have a license to produce animated shows and they don't have a license to produce live action movies and stuff yeah. as well. So we know that they lie with we know that they lie with Paramount and Hasbro keeps the Hasbro keeps the TV rights for themselves. What what is wrong, Mikey? I just want it. I just want like it's like it's, it's, it's like it's like it's like throughout the entire sentence you just lived and died. Because <laughs> I just realised they don't have the rights to any of this stuff. They can do it. They just don't have the rights. So I was just well, so, but so, but so this is the thing, right? Like um, Hasbro Studios are the ones who have the rights to produce um, produce things like uh, things like Transformers Prime and R.I.D. We know that there's a we know there's another studio who produces. Um, Rescue Bots and Rescue Bots Academy, and so like I don't I don't know that there's necessarily a place for IDW's entertainment arm to actually go producing Transformers live action stuff. Bear in mind also, it's really different producing live action stuff or not even live action, but animation. Like there's a massive turnaround time. Comics, yeah, of course, of course. Co comics have a large turnaround time as well. Like you see, um, you see solicitations for issues three to four months in advance. Um, it's, it's based on this very old model where they put solicitations out and they try to encourage direct sales through comic book stores. And so yeah. there, is, there is a lead time on comics production, but like for an animated series, it's usually like 12 to 18 months in advance. You, yeah. need, to get, you need to get your production line in order. I actually think it's pretty amazing that Netflix has got seasons of Voltron turning around in about 10 yeah. months. Very quick, yeah. Yeah, but the yeah. thing about it is like it's, it's also worth noting that we did have something that's sort of akin to what you're talking about. It was called Combiner Wars, and it sucked. I know. No, I was just, I was no it really wasn't. 
that was just that was, something that thing you've never... Also, Combiner Wars never say. happened. That's okay, no, go never. on. Yeah, That's oh, why it's no, deleted. It didn't happen. Um, what I want to say about it is... Um, uh, the thing... I also forgot to mention, the reason why I think uh, DC Comics can make, like, for example, an animated movie, like, for example, Flashpoint and stuff, and, and uh, the new 52 movies or whatever, right? Um, for example, I think they they partner with Warner Brothers and like the comics and, and stuff, so they get you know they can do whatever they want. With D, uh, IDW, I forgot to mention that they don't. No, I don't think they really partner with anyone besides themselves. They only get the licenses, but they, they're not partnered with like a studio. Yeah, they, but they don't own the IP. Mm. But the thing, also want, the thing I also want the thing I also want to mention is when you say it's like oh it's very expensive, it is like animation is a beast. It's it's, it's hard. It's very difficult and, and et cetera. Two D animation is hard to go by today. You know that's why you see a lot of three D animation and cartoons. But the thing about this is could be the things they condense the stories. For example, the best example is uh, I don't know if you've seen uh, Flashpoint from the DC um, DC animated movies, right? They they condense. Uh, it's a big long story arc, but they had to cut a few things out, but made it into like a, a cohesive movie. Right, so work. They just have to cut a few things out. So, for example, if they made an animated movie like in a DC style of Last Down of the Wreckers or something, you know, that could, you know, they had to maybe take out a few things or whatever. Maybe some stuff with Overlord or stuff, but I don't know. You know, maybe some stuff out of like the Exposition with like I don't know Iron Fist or whatever. You know, they may have to take out a few things or whatever. So it just, you know, I think it can be possible, but up to this point, I don't. I don't think you know. I don't know. So, so to the point, right? Like, I don't think that it's impossible for IDW to go out and get these licenses. Um, like I said, the the rights for TV shows and stuff tend to tend to rest with um, Hasbro Studios, but that didn't stop um, Hasbro partnering up with uh, Machinima to do Combiner Wars, and we know that they're doing something Titans Return shaped as well. And yeah. I know, I know, Thanks for I know that me. that. I know that that sound was Mikey throwing up a little bit when I said machinima, uh, but that doesn't mean IDW can't go out and do it. But I just I don't feel like the company is really set up in such a way that they can actually um, produce, and they can't really go out and fund production of a series like that. A lot of people will, due to its heavily serialized nature, say that they want to see a series of um, more than meets the eye or Lost Light. But I actually think that I think you're more on the money saying that you need to sort of take a, a one-shot story like Last Stand of the Wreckers and actually go, right, we're actually going to animate that because more than meets the eye, like if you're going to start animating that, what do you do? You're yeah. going to just start making episodes. The animated movie route. Do that. Yeah, it's an, yeah, it's an animated movie. The animated movie route. Like DC, take it from DC. They, they're very accessible with it. And, you know, uh, say, you want about, say what you want about the killing joke, but the thing is it got it was a big it. enough audience that, yeah, it was awful. But it was a big enough audience. It was a big enough audience to get, mm, like, it was, it was, like, from, because, you know, it had a big enough audience and it was like, wow, this these animated movies are not just for, like, just for kids. It's, like, it's M. It's, it's on par with anything, you know. And it's just... It can be possible, you know. They can probably take like story ideas from like stuff like um, Dark Cybertron, and again, Sins of the Records, Last End of the Records, etc. Stuff like that. All uh, All Hail Megatron will be an excellent animated oh, yeah. film. I will, I will. That will be amazing. The two that they definitely have to make if they're ever going to do it are All Hail Megatron and Last Stand. Because yes, those yeah, are just two really they can do just that. 
and also right story. so, so wanna... here's my here's my problem with doing all hail megatron right is that i felt like um i feel like the spectacle of all hail megatron is megatron ruling earth but the part that really lets it down is the the denouement like mm. optimus coming back it's like as soon as you know like oh yeah megatron's taken the matrix from optimus and optimus is half dead on cybertron it's like well okay well i know how this is going to end now and so like all, all hail megatron the spectacle was in those early issues and then it was really by the numbers stuff to get to the end and then they extended it by an extra four mm. issues and it was just kind of bullshit by the end i actually i think they could with the, some of the dc uh, animated movies they do sometimes change from the source material. Something they put this character in instead of this character, right? So they could actually maybe adjust the story a bit. But what I could see with something like uh, All Hail Megatron, right? It's it's simple. It's it's very simple enough that you know. You, here's the thing: it's mature, it's animated, so it'll probably be in the G1 style. So you'll get the audience. Thirdly, right? It would um, it will be it will be an eye catcher because it's like Megatron one, and you can advertise it like that, and people will be like, "Whoa!" You know, and then it, it's simple enough. Yeah, you of course you like you know the Autobots will win in the end because we that's what happens. You know, they, they teamed up with the records, right? But the thing is, right, what they can do is that could be a great starting point for the animated uh, films. You know, because they don't have to. You know, they, that could be like, "Wow, I like that a lot." It was pretty simple, but it was good. And then they can get to stuff like Wreckers and Sins of the Wreckers, and maybe even Lost Light with the animated films. Right? They could be even do that in like the whole DC style because people will be like so invested with if they do it really good, right? With um, or Hail Megatron, if they could do that, right? It could people will be invested and will, they want to get into front. They will get into the comics. They will get more into the franchise and everything. And it would be a win-win in some ways, you know. I think it could work. So I think there's a lot of work ahead of whoever wants to start doing this. Part of yeah. it, I think, also part of it also, I think, might come down to a licensing issue over who actually owns All Hail Megatron. Remember, it was produced under license from Hasbro, so Hasbro probably owns it. So yeah, it's not, oh, like, no. it's not like it's it's not like it's necessarily IDW plowing their own back catalog. Can I also ask this question? For example, like, you know, you know, like, uh, original characters made for this show, for example, like Lockdown and Animated, right? Was the original character in that show specifically, right? And the Knights of Cybertron were in the, the IDW comics, right? Do they just, like, take the characters and don't even tell? For example, when they took Lockdown and put him in the fourth Transformers movie, did they tell J.K. Wyatt? Or it's like, no, we just took him. Sorry. It's like, we just took him. It's like, we didn't tell you. Like, it doesn't matter. They're in, yeah, they just they're, they're, they they're, in, they're in different universes. Um, yeah, most of the time, we, we had a discussion over maintenance of trademarks and use of characters yeah. a few a few episodes ago on the podcast, and like they just don't give the credit for that. Like that. Well, it's not why. Why do creators need warning? I mean, like they've created this under license. Hasbro owns it, lock, yeah. stock, and barrel. Yeah. They can do whatever they want with it. Yeah, I was just wondering. It's like, do they get notice or whatever? Because I'm wondering. Yeah, for example, yeah. Who, who, who knows but it's it, like it's things it's not important like it's just yeah. well this character exists and it's not even necessarily that the the people who wrote the comic even came up with the character or the or the tv show like mm. someone from Hasbro might have gone hey we've got this character we want you to use it mm. exactly. like we don't really know where the inception of that character came from yeah who's got new stuff mikey you've got new stuff one for me and one for a certain other person. Um, <laughs> so um, 
I recently decided that, yeah, I'm going to try and get all the Masterpiece lines. So, uh, yes. Good luck. I think I convinced Mike to get the Beast Girls figures. I was like, talk to him on the phone. It's like, no, Mike, it looks pretty good. Yeah, but, I was like, yeah. Uh, as in not like getting all the diaclone stuff like i don't think i'll be able to do that or or like just like the the, the cartoon accurate anyway i got cheetah or cheetah whatever they want to call him is he? oh sweet um and yeah he's he's really cool um some people have been saying they've had problems with like paint chipping and i don't know i think i have it once and then never happened again so um He's got a lot of nice detail. Um, all the like chrome blue is super nice. He's got his gut blaster and his butt blaster, so that's really nice. Yeah, right. Um, so very and and you know they 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 go into the uh, the uh, cheetah mode and they kind of have to have them to make the gut cheetah mode. And, and, yeah, exactly. So constipation you have Pretty much, yeah. He's pretty much. Yeah, he's gonna constipated from shooting his gut. Ugh. Both guns are gonna be spewing not ammo. Let's just say that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, the, there's some cool heads, uh, heads and faces and all that type of stuff. And the 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 cheetah mode is actually really poseable and actually and holds together. What about the whiskers? Yeah. Like, did they get on Jangle? Uh, they're, they're fine. Um, you because I remember you get, telling me about them. Yeah, they they got a little bit um. Uh, like no shaping or anything, but um, yeah, no, I I really really have I, I didn't think I'd actually enjoy this guy that much, and I've actually really um definitely ended up enjoying him um quite a bit, and yeah, he he's basically like they took him straight out of the uh the cartoon because basically they did that's what it looks like, and um for Mr. Jason uh he's hello. Uh, yeah, he said, if you go into Toys R Us and you see this guy, pick him up for me. I didn't know that <clears throat> um, it'd be this price. And I, I actually texted him <laughs> and said, uh, hey, this, this deluxe class figure is $40. And I didn't hear from him. It was just like, oh, he said, pick it up. So I picked it up for him. <laughs> so, um, yeah, this is the uh, deluxe class Megatron from... Um, the the last man and yeah, the last human night the last the last human night yeah, <laughs> yeah um, just marky mark and the, the brady bunch marky the mark and the transformer bunch um <laughs> just looking at it through the packaging um because you know it's his and i can't open it um i do you yeah, watch out yeah um it looks really crisp it looks like all the paint paint work i can't show it really that well because it's in the thing but it, all of the paintwork looks really really well done the head is epic um little head but it's mm. it's really quite cool um right. it's got cybertronian on the guns and um, yeah i think uh i think jason will really enjoy it because it looks like a really good figure and i um i think you'll struggle to get it anywhere for under 40. Because yeah, because it's only at Toys R Us, right? As soon as they slap that big old um, Toys R Us exclusive on it, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's a license to print money. eBay, exactly. Scalpers, bro. 
Anyway. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily say it's a scalping thing. Like it's just, yeah. You know, people are going to buy it and they'll resell it. Um, if you buy it at forty dollars, then you're going to pay fees when you um, purchase it when you sell it yeah. on eBay. Let, let's not let's not jump the gun and accuse people of scalping because that happens enough nah. everywhere. Yeah, no, no, no. But yeah, I think you'll enjoy him, Jason. He looks quite good. I do plan to. Um, you know what else I'm enjoying? Mm. <laughs> this guy. Oh, there he is. Oh, yeah. Uh, nice. Since we've had a, since we've had a good chat about uh, about Mastermind Creations, uh, no, we've had a good, good chat about Lost Lab. <laughs> uh, um, so yeah, Mastermind Creations, Calidus. Uh, He's so he's the MMC version of, uh, of course, Rodimus of the Lost Light, the more than meets the eye incarnation. He's accurate enough. There's a look, there's a few things that I have a few misgivings of. Like, um, you can see he's got this very his arms sit a long way out from his body, and like it looks a little bit odd when you sort of look at it and consider how far out his arms are, but it does mean that he gets to sort of. Um, oh, he can he can move. He's got quite a large array of movement around him. I'm gonna. So <laughs> it's just I'm gonna have to. We'll love to some armpit joints. It's it's a nice figure. <laughs> it looks great. I think MMC MMC is amazing. But the thing is, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna I'm gonna wait to that um, SXS our version of our Hot Rodimus because I think that version has looks more comic book accurate. I don't know about the quality. I think I think I think you got a valid point. Like okay. I feel like there's, I feel like there's some stuff in there. However, I feel, I like I trust MMC more than I trust SXS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So I was going to wait for a I view. Yeah, yeah, it, it, but like we've only seen like two photographs of it, and so I'll take the one that's actually on the market. And also, you know that he's going to fit in with the other MMC bots that you've got already. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. But what's putting me off with the MMC one? Because I was actually, I was gonna buy it last week, but I was like, I'm gonna wait for the the other version to get a review, right? It's just the chest is really too like, looks really boxy and like really too not IDW Rodimus because he's more of a slim, sleek Autobot looking guy, and I just I can't get behind how it's nice. I'm not saying I, I, it's I, not I think, all about you. I, I take I take your point. Like I think. <laughs> There's certain tra- there are certain trade-offs that you make when you take a um, yeah. draw a drawn comic character and you turn it into a transformer. Like I, I find I find sort of the the part at the bottom of the chest is just a little bit boring. Um, I feel like they I feel like they could have done a little bit more there. Like I said, yeah. the arms are a little bit weird. But as a first attempt at actually bringing this character off the page, I think it's, I think it's yeah. pretty good. I'm, I'm happy to. Like, I'm happy to own it. I'm happy to support it, and um, yeah, see where we go. He's, he's, he's got. Um, but you can always make concessions for the way these uh, more meets the eye figures turn out, because you know yeah. Alex Milne doesn't really design these guys to transform. Yeah, but the so, thing is also I want to I want to mention is um uh the MMC doesn't direct well they they it's definitely inspired by IDW definitely, yeah, but they do it, a lot it's, of it's, it's always, not direct. Yeah, it's always it's a little bit more concepting, like a little bit like we're gonna take the inspiration, but we're gonna put mostly our inspiration in. Like we're gonna uh, we're gonna put a lot of things we did in our engineering and stuff. I think for a good example was um Whirl. Um, he looks complete. I think a little bit more different so, from the IDW. Yeah. So so the thing is though that like the MMC reformatted line hasn't always been based on IDW's comics, right? Like yeah. the reformatted line 
correct me if I'm wrong, but it started with their Predacons. And so uh, I not think every it, release. Yeah, so I think it was oh. the six shot, actually. Yeah, six shot. Yep. Yeah, fair enough. Yep. But, so, but so like, oh, it's, it's not, not everything in that line is actually IDW related. And so I feel like some of their releases, like, um, like their their world is just like it's it's completely different. It's not even really meant to be based on the comic appearance for world, and the comic appearance for world is actually really difficult to adapt anyway. So like, that's fine. Skinny chicken legs, yeah, yeah, yeah Starscream uh, chicken legs, yeah, pretty much. With um, with your uh, Rodimus thingy there, your MMC, um, does his vehicle mode feel like a Batmobile? Uh, yeah, it does a little bit, but um, <laughs> there's those wheels and like just the placement of everything. It just kind of looks like a, a Batmobile type, you know. Well, you know, Mikey, there could be something to that if they end up doing the black and purple color. Oh, there you so go. they That'd are doing great. they are doing a purple repaint. It's um, been announced as an exclusive for TFCon Toronto. So oh, I, I will be really missed that. <laughs> I will be leaning on my Canadian contacts to obtain oh, exactly. one for me. Um, I'll give it so, to yeah. you for free, eh? That's how we do hey. it in Canada. Ooh. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, so uh, MMC Calidus. I'm, I'm happy enough with him. Um, I'm actually really looking forward to MMC's Megatron that's coming out next month. Um, oh, yeah. They wow, will go really well together. That's yeah. good. Yeah, I'm right. hard to sell for Megatron. You know, even nice. like a two month delay can't turn me off of that. No, it looks amazing. I, I actually feel like I need to buy two of them because of the um, the uh, terminus pieces as well. Because you're all uh, well. Here. I mean, I've got a mate getting his delivered to my house, uh, so you know, I I could just pretend that it never showed up. It delivered. It, it never showed up. I don't know what yeah, happened exactly. to it. Yeah, fair enough. Does his name be rhyme with hay? Yeah, that one. Yeah, there you go. Well, make sure to okay. throw it at him. <laughs> what does Max got? I got, I got that sweet full. Ah. <laughs> so I will. have that too sometimes. Yes. Well, we haven't we haven't really had you. Uh, we haven't spoken much about your collection. Or, well, we spoke a little bit about your collecting habits now, um, because we haven't had you on to talk about stuff before. Let's let's talk about what you, some of your latest acquisitions are, and maybe what what's your what's your what's the pride of your collection. My pride, my pride. I gotta like. I, I have to say, like, my um chugs look all good together because it's just, it looks like a page out of like something from an IDW um poster or something because it's all, it's all colorful and vibrant. And um, I'm always like displaying them in weird ways because I'm always like not happy with it, but I like it. But like, always, where should it go? Because I'm always like feeling with them. But you know, it's always really fun, and I always like the displaying them the chugs because it's always it's for me like you know what marvel legends are they're the marvel legends of transformers if you ask me well they pretty much are they pretty much do occupy yeah. that point in the line like that's what generations is for yeah exactly so what have, you, what have you got what have you gotten recently yeah what have you got this week uh what i got um i have recently i um i i was just i was debating on the MP Sunstreaker. I was heavily debating that because I really wanted the sun, uh, MP Sunstreaker for my uh, mind ball. Heavily debating that. So I was like, oh, I like I like um, Sun Surge, but I, like, I don't like this about MP, the version. I don't like this and I don't like that with both versions. But I overall decided because I think it looks good with the aesthetic next to land ball. 
I will just get Sun Surge. And he was a good price, but uh, overall, I think I'm, I'll, he's not here yet, but I will be happy when I get him. I th I'm pretty sure, I know, Jason, you said something about you broke or something with the complex transformation, but um, yeah. Yeah, um, but I'm I'm looking forward but, to getting. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a part that broke, but like the figure still looks good. But um, yeah, I exactly. Just, I just I, I just I just can't abide the complexity of bad cube anymore. And yeah, exactly. I get what you mean. Um, what else? But, I, you know, if you stick it in bot mode and put it up on a shelf, you're fine. Yeah, exactly. I'm, that's what I'm basically going to do. Uh, hmm. But the thing, you know, so um, I also got um, uh, I ordered from um, I believe someone from um the group R. Uh, uh, sidearm side swipe. I've been looking for that God forever and ever just because I like the, the new, that look of side swipe from the movie uh, That version of the toy. I was like, yes, I just I, I, when I found it for a good price like 25 bucks I was like sold. Thank you God. Jesus. Thank you <laughs> But it was the best win. We've gone, we've, um, we've, we've gone religious in our collecting. Yeah habits. Uh, side swipe bless Papa bless side swipe. No, but um, I got I uh, hopefully they'll come in a couple of days, you know. And uh, thank my you, Lord side swipe. Lord side swipe, thank you for your your many guns. Yeah, many guns, no swords. <laughs> yeah, deliver I'm us from Decepticons. But I have um actually I wanted to talk about this guy. I just got him last week. Uh, no, two I think three weeks ago. Uh, this is my latest. Uh, Classics Hound, or Universe Hound, or Classics. Um, I, he is, he I, is a really nice figure. He is, and I really, I he's just he's so like like anime, like something about him is just so fun and chunky. But at the same time, you know, he fits so well with the other other bots. Mm. Wow, like he has that kind of anime, like animated vibe to him. But at the same time, you know, he just he just he's so fun and, and just like Swindle. really just fun and actually. What I didn't expect it was the guy said, "Okay, um, oh, he just he just he just showed a picture of a um of Hound without the rapper labels, but he he put rapper labels on it for no reason." And I was like, "Well, why would you do that?" It's like just for a reason. It's like it was unreal. So got free rapper labels with the Hound. So yay! Oh, so, I love my Hound. He's my baby. Do you, do you have the ravage that goes with him? No, I just wanted the Hound, but mm. so I didn't get ravage. But don't you know, have laser beak ravage. Nope. I have laser beak from um, MP. I got two laser beaks. Actually, I actually got. Oh my god! I got the prime laser beak, but that comes with a soundwave anyway. Uh, movie laser beak, and I <laughs> that got prime um, laser beak. Yeah, with his yeah, with oh, cool. soundwave yeah. accessory. Yeah, just that. That's all it got. Flip it up. Um, and um, MP laser beak, of course. And oh, what else? And um, full Cybertron with the the whole thing that comes out of the void, like that crappy. Yeah. Just kidding. That was crappy. But yeah, you know, I was shattered whenever my laser beak shattered. So yeah, oh, I gotta be always careful with that thing. I always try to be careful. MP, just don't touch it. Yeah. <laughs> touch it. Uh. This is the A Club events. We uh, we're at Oz Comic Con this weekend in Melbourne, and not sure what else is coming up in the future but i do know that it is tomorrow we are recording on friday night tomorrow is the start of the new financial year and that means that it's membership renewal time so we will be making an announcement in the group about membership levels and payments for the next year um check the website or the facebook group the club does live and die by its paid members and only paid members can nominate and vote in the in the committee elections as well. Now, the club does have uh, state representatives that you can you can go to and talk to if you if you need any help locally for things, 
and they often uh, do put some put some of their own time into organizing meetups and mm -hmm. the club also has of course we've sent people to the movies for free this year as well um, we yeah. did the tie up with laser for the last night so I would say you know if you if you feel like we if you feel like you get benefit from the club then a paid and proud membership five dollars you could do a lot worse right uh, collector man is on this Sunday so yeah, uh, so I know Joel has a table at uh, yep. Collective Mania. If you are if you are the one person who's actually watching us live because it is practically midnight, um, yes. then you can find us. Uh, you can find Mikey and I at Collective Mania on Sunday, at the very least, and uh, you'll see me clutching my wallet very carefully and trying not to spend any money on anything. Oh lord! Except the forty dollars for a deluxe figure. Yeah, well, that's fine. <laughs> I got fifty. Yeah, yeah, that's why he's not spending all money. A mini con, I don't know. <laughs> why that is the worst decision they've ever had to make anyway okay guys thank you for listening thank you for being on will thank you for joining okay. us uh thank australian, you guys. Transformers, Appreciate it. australian transformers weekly is produced by transformers collectors club australia you can find the tcca website at transformerscca.com find the podcast on itunes uh tune in radio and your favorite podcatcher and you also find the rss feed in the show notes if you want to subscribe to it yourself uh, we'll be back next week recording live on Friday nights. Uh, we'll hear from Brad and the wash-up from Comic-Con. I say wash-up. It sounds like something major is going to happen. Nova. We're, we're, we're going to sit there and greet Transformers fans all day long. So this is what Nova usually happens at conventions. Um, yeah, so we'll, we'll hear from Brad about how else Comic-Con went and uh, we'll catch up with all the news and, uh, news and reviews and info and feelings, thoughts, and thought opinions from the world of Transformers. Uh, so it's goodbye from me and goodbye from the rest of you guys. See you guys. Take care. Catch you later.